Welcome to the Blockdown Podcast, brought to you by EOK Digital, the number one blockchain PR and communications agency. Every week, we're sharing pearls of wisdom about the world of blockchain and cryptocurrency. Don't forget to subscribe and review our podcast so we can bring you even more great content. Hey guys, and welcome back. Our next speaker is joining us from Shanghai, China. In 2014, he and his partner, Eric Zhang, founded the first blockchain company in China called OnChain. He leads the teams behind one of China's most popular blockchain protocols called NEO, a smart contract-based blockchain aspiring to power uh, the paradigm shift towards a smart economy. He will speak about blockchain in the post-pandemic world. Please put your virtual hands together for my old pal, Dai Hong Fei. Hello, everyone. Uh, I'm Dai Hong Fei. I'm the founder of NEO. Uh, it's my honor to be invited to Block Dan, uh, the special event during the COVID-19 uh, outbreak. Uh, I believe this will be a very unique experience for myself. This is my first time to give a speech online. Um, First of all, I would like to let the news, uh, let the fans of New to know that the new team are 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 healthy, are still energetic, and all the all my colleagues in Shanghai have been back to work for almost two months, and the life the life here is back to normal, and we are seeing traffic jam again in peak hours, and also our branch and uh, representatives in many other countries and cities, uh, they are also doing well and healthy, including our office in Seattle, our representative in Zurich, and also in, uh, in Seoul, Korea. Um, uh, for our core developers and uh, community developers, contributors, they've, uh, they have always been working remotely uh, through GitHub, through other online tools. So I believe uh, the pandemic is uh, the impact of pandemic to those uh, core developers, uh, uh, eco uh, community developers, uh, contributors are, are, are not um, minimal. Um, today, my topic will be blockchain in a post-pandemic world. Um, I, will, I will do some uh, prediction or I, I, can, I can share my thoughts about uh, what the pandemic will uh, bring to, to our life and what the world will be after the pandemic. And uh, most uh, importantly, uh, what the blockchain can do to cure a post-pandemic world, those problems we may face uh, after this special uh, period. So there will be many complications of, of the pandemic. Um, it could be uh, biological, it could be mental, uh, but, uh, the, uh, but more fundamentally, uh, our economic and political life uh, will probably be changed after the pandemic. So I will be focusing on two aspects. Uh, so the first one will be uh, inflation. Um, the US Federal Reserve uh, had to, to take uh, strong measures, powerful measures to, uh, to counter uh, the fear, uh, the lack of liquidity in the capital market in the US. Uh, they did a lot of things, including uh, doing uh, repo operations, including 
uh, buying securities directly from the market. All these measures add up together will bring trillions of dollars to the to the U.S. Uh, eco economy. Uh, these uh, trillions of dollars are newly created monies that will definitely uh, help the uh, the market, the capital market. But at the meantime, it is also a source of inflation that everyone will uh, finally have a, a be impacted. Um, so inflation is one of the complications. But the the U.S. Federal Reserve inflation is just a just a, a part of the story. Uh, there are many other central banks are doing similar things. They are in, they are injecting uh, easy money into their own uh, financial systems. Um, probably there there won't be anything uh, better than uh, crypto assets, including. Bitcoin, including Ether and uh, NEO and other crypto tokens. Those tokens, the supply are are mathematically limited. You are you are one hundred percent sure that uh, the limit, the supply is guaranteed by by algorithm. It, there there are no central bank will do a can do an inflation or increase the money supply of those crypto assets. So I believe. Uh, uh, fund managers, uh, institutional investors, they probably will consider uh, Bitcoin and other crypto tokens as a alternative uh, investment uh, uh, opportunities. So that's uh, one impact of the pandemic will do to the world, inflation and the counter measure can be uh, investing a part of your portfolio in crypto assets. So the second uh, complication or consequence of the pandemic is uh, deglobalization. Uh, we've seen deglobalization way before the pandemic itself. Uh, we've we've seen the the trade war between China and U.S. and uh, uh, Donald Trump's uh, one of the Donald Trump's uh, promises to American citizens to American people is to bring back the manufacturing to to us um, and this pandemic just uh, just enlarged just uh, emphasized just uh, escalated uh, uh, this kind of conflict between um, between countries um, some western countries uh, suddenly realized uh, their lack of the ability to provide essential medical devices to their citizens uh, they cannot produce mask, a ventilator in time. Their supply chain, their manufacturing are just not there. It's not in their country. It's uh, either in China and maybe in other uh, Asian uh, countries. So they they just realized that uh, they they want to have to bring back those uh, essential supply chain, essential manufacturing ability back to their country. Um, so it's not just the supply chain, the manufacturer, the, the, the factory is not in their country that bothers those politicians. It is more, uh, more of that the, the supply chain, the factory is in a country that has a different ideology, has a different political system. Uh, their people have different culture, have different value system. It's a it's a it's a clash 
of uh, it's a distrust between different cultures, different countries, different uh, systems. I think that's the fundamental underlying reason uh, of those uh, politicians that are worrying. So after the pandemic, uh, I, I believe we will witness a process of uh, deglobalization and we will see two school of thoughts, two systems, two belief uh, competing with, with each other. Um, and here comes uh, blockchain. Um, I believe blockchain uh, will probably be a solution, a remedy to this uh, situation, to this uh, post-pandemic uh, new set of rules uh, that we will see in the future. Um, why blockchain is a, is a solution, is a pandemic, is, is a solution? Why blockchain is a remedy of this uh, issue we're facing? I believe there are three key reasons. First of all, uh, blockchain is ideology neutral. It's not. Uh, it's not backed by capitalism. It's not backed by so linked to socialism. It's. Uh, it's very uh, neutral technology. So that's the first point. And second point is jurisdiction agnostic. So if uh, your asset, your business logic is on the blockchain is managed by a smart contract. You are not directly uh, affected by the jurisdiction of the entity behind the uh, smart contract. Uh, most of, if not all, the business logics are uh, processed by the smart contract itself. Uh, sometimes people say code is law. I think that's a similar expression to indicate that a smart contract or blockchain application is jurisdiction agnostic. And so that's the second point. And the third point is uh, blockchain can eventually become a global marketplace. A blockchain is also called a distributed uh, ledger technology. A ledger is a, is a global database. So if we can, um, if we can put uh, every uh, asset every uh, 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 physical stuff onto the blockchain to put it on chain uh, we we will have a huge global marketplace that everyone can trade uh, with everyone without uh, uh, the need to trust each other and without uh, the need to uh, seek to uh, jurisdiction protection uh, frequently and now comes the question is today's blockchain technology ready? Um, unfortunately, my answer is no. Uh, I don't think uh, today's blockchain can, can fulfill uh, the mission to, to hold uh, the future uh, human economy on top of it. Uh, I think uh, today's blockchain still has a long way to go. Uh, and we have to improve, especially improve in three aspects. Uh, they are interoperability, tokenization, and adaption. The first aspect is interoperability. I think this is the very crucial um, um, ability that every blockchain will need. Uh, currently, we are seeing some cross-chain protocols, uh, but most of them are focusing on asset transfer. 
they will let uh, Ether or BTH uh, flow from one blockchain to another one. But I don't think that's enough. Uh, what we need is, is a universal or general purpose cross-chain protocol that will enabling uh, smart contract on blockchain one to invoke smart contract on blockchain B, get the result back and uh, and doing some following stuff after the result from 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 the second uh, smart contract. And imagine with that uh, ability, we will see a network of different blockchains. Some of them may focus on digital assets. Some of them are doing uh, identification. Some of them are providing the ability to uh, save your data on distributed storage. And all these uh, blockchains uh, interlinked together, but decoupled, but, but still can be interactive with each other, will form a, uh, a network of blockchain. And I would like to call that network of blockchain the next generation of internet. Um, and we, uh, with Neil, we are we are working diligently uh, with the cross-chain uh, uh, area, and I, I will talk about that in my later slides. Um, and the second uh, areas that we need to uh, work on is tokenization. So if you believe uh, blockchain network will be the underlying foundation for the real uh, human economy in the future, we definitely need to uh, digitalize, need to uh, tokenize a lot of things, including, uh, including virtual assets and also uh, digital, uh, digital assets and also physical assets. Um, there are a lot of things we need to tokenize, um, like uh, NFT, we can use a non-fungible token to uh, tokenize collectibles, to tokenize tickets, uh, art, and a lot of stuffs like that. Um, so that's one category of tokenization. And also another bigger um, category with more value behind it is uh, securities. Um, anyone with basic uh, blockchain, understanding of blockchain technology and the capital, capital market will have a uh, a conclusion that uh, distributed ledger technology or blockchain is 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 definitely the better technology to do all of this uh, record keeping, all of this clearing thing behind the uh, capital market. So I have no I have no doubt that uh, in the next uh, two or three years we'll see a lot of uh, securities that will be natively issued on the blockchain. And, uh, and third, uh, even bigger stuff, fiat, uh, the money we use, the fiat money we use, uh, which is still the uh, representative uh, of, uh, of human, the, all the values, all the assets that is created by human, that is, which is still denominated in fiat. Um, there are many central banks are, are doing the different, at different stage of experiment. And I, and I believe the leading one of the leading central banks are the Chinese, the Chinese central bank. Uh, there's one major China commercial bank. Uh, they, there's one screenshot uh, just got uh, um, reviewed uh, yesterday, and I will show that picture to you later. 
So in the in the future, I I, I do believe a programmable uh, digital uh, money will prevail in our daily life. And the fourth is uh, physical stuff. Eventually, when we have five G network, where we have different sensors, uh, different IoT devices uh, on physical uh, stuff, physical devices, we will see a, a inter interconnected of uh, of everything. And uh, at that stage, uh, our you can say that our uh, human economy is is based on the blockchain is. Is, is really interconnected and all the assets is programmable. And here is a, a screenshot that, that was surfaced yesterday. Uh, it is said it's, a, it's from the application, the app developed by uh, a major commercial bank called uh, Agriculture Bank of China. And within this screenshot, we can see uh, with CBDC, the Chinese Yuan, uh, the the Chinese central bank digital currency you can pay uh, with uh, QR code you can do remittance you can you can even touch touch to pay without uh, network so both uh, both devices are offline you can still uh, transfer money from one device to another device it's a very intriguing uh, situation uh, intriguing um, scenario. And after we tokenized, uh, digitized a lot of these uh, things, uh, we will see a programmable digital economy that will link uh, the digital world with the physical world and even the biological world with, with some uh, machine-to-brain communication inter interfaces. And the third aspect is adaptability. Um, I believe a, for a blockchain to be successful, you have to, uh, you have to, to very, be very clear about your design goals. Uh, you're not trying to, to, to be decentralized is not the sole uh, goal of uh, blockchain. You have to make different design choices. And those choices are not binary. You, you're not just choosing between uh, decentralized and centralized. Uh, in fact, you have to decide uh, whether you wish most of the transactions happened uh, on-chain or off-chain, on the layer one or on the layer two. And also you, you need to decide how to, uh, how to do the governance. You want most of the governance happened uh, off-chain, uh, that is uh, uh, lead by a, a, a physical, uh, a, a legal foundation, a legal entity called foundation, or you want uh, most of the governance are happen happened on chain by uh, stakeholders uh, uh, voting for different proposals, and you also need to make p uh, decisions uh, whether you want the uh, uh, the blockchain to be permissioned or permissionless. In some of the some of the scenarios, if, especially when dealing with um, financial sectors. You probably it's probably better to start the blockchain as a permissioned blockchain or private uh, blockchain and gradually uh, open it up to to the public. So there are many uh, factors to to consider to factor in. It's not just uh, centralized and decentralized. 
So I'm, I'm, I, I will be more than happy to see uh, different blockchains on the, on the different level of the spectrums on the spectrum. So uh, one of the ideology of NEO is to, to, to find the overlap between uh, idealism and pragmatism. Uh, in in twenty twenty, uh, Neil will 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 see its biggest uh, release after the birth of Neil, uh, the new version Neil three. There will be uh, many new features uh, we will be releasing with uh, Neil three, and there are three major uh, majors major ones. Uh, first, Neil three will have a built in Oracle. That is a uh, that is a huge improvement. That means if you are writing smart contract on Neo3, you have the ability to access the conventional internet. You can request data from it, simply give a URL, you will get the data with a smart contract. That will be the first uh, blockchain with building reliable Oracle. So that will be the one of the uh, main features of new 3 and also new 3 will have two modules uh, to give the ability for developers uh, first it's uh, new fs the distributed file system uh, ships with new 3 so with new 3 you don't need to worry about the size of your uh, your customer's data you can store it separately on the new fs system and also the second uh, major feature is new identity, new ID. With new ID, you have the ability to, to attach identification to your customers, which is controlled by the user. So uh, they have the ability to review their identity or to protect their privacy. So these three features will be, um, will be will be the key feature or the flagship new feature of New3, building Oracle, NewFS, and NewID. But along with that, there are many other improvements like smart contract optimization and better inter interoperability. Mm -hmm. And we uh, are also improve the tooling of, uh, of uh, developers. And also there are many uh, smaller enhancements uh, at uh, protocol level. So this is... Uh, the new features of new three. Regarding interoperability, there will be a major improvement with new three. Uh, first of all, uh, we have been working um, in the past uh, six months or so with other blockchain projects, and uh, with new three, uh, developers users will have the ability to transfer. Uh, Bitcoin, ETH, ONT, and other assets uh, between different blockchains. So that's the transfer of asset. And also New3 is working on the more generic uh, purpose uh, cross-chain protocol. So we will probably use cross-chain protocol to do the migration from New2 and New3. Uh, and with this migration, uh, we can set a, a, a example or set a, a be an experiment or model for other blockchains to evolve from 
their older version to a newer version, or even uh, you can you can merge two different blockchains to a new one use this uh, cross-chain protocol uh, migration model. So that's the interoperability side, and with the tokenization side, uh, we have been working uh, very closely with our ecosystem partners. Uh, I would like to mention three of them. Uh, first one is uh, is a decentralized uh, non-custodian exchange. It's called Switcho Network, and they're based in Singapore. And I I personally have used their uh, exchange, their service. Uh, the user experience is is really superb. I I if you are to, if you are a Dex user, I urge you to try their product. They are just uh, they're brilliant, and so. Any tokens uh, issued on new uh, with new uh, with uh, Net Five standard can be uh, traded uh, on Switcho network. And the second uh, a second uh, ecosystem partner is Liquify. Say so they are a, a bunch of former bankers, uh, financial practitioners. Uh, they're doing the STO business. Um, they will use. Uh, new ID. They will integrate new ID to streamline their KYC ML process, and they've already uh, doing very well. They recently they're they're working on a six hundred million US dollar deal to uh, securitize a, a real estate in in uh, in Abu Dhabi. And the third one is New Line. New Line is a uh, is emerging but uh, very. Uh, rapid growing uh, digital token wallet they're based in china uh, but they are also they have customers clients from all over the world and i their user experience is also superb so if you are a new token holder try new line so with with a wallet with a sto service provider with decentralized uh, uh, exchange we will have a uh, close the loop of uh, tokenization uh, ecosystem. The third aspect is adaptability. Um, the philosophy of uh, Neo is always how to how to find the balance between uh, idealism and pragmatism. Um, there are many successful uh, factors in the early design of Neo. Uh, for example, uh, the DBFT consensus mechanism. Uh, we are we are probably the first uh, public blockchain to use a BFT style consensus, and it's proven to be a a a, a good choice. Uh, there are there are more and more uh, different blockchains, uh, be it public or private. They are adopting similar BFT style consensus because it has perfect uh, one block finality, so it's uh, really uh, suitable for financial uses. Uh, which is also the direction that uh, Neo is heading to because we are the digital asset protocol, and also um, we're trying to be more uh, we're trying to be pragmatic. Besides consensus mechanism, another very important crucial part of blockchain design is the governance, and we are uh, the new team when we design the uh, new three's governance model. We are highly adaptive. We believe a hybrid model that combines on-chain governance with off-chain governance uh, is 
is well balanced, um, and uh, we are confident that uh, maybe after one or two years or maybe three years, we will be proven again that our design of our hybrid governance model will be uh, is a suitable one uh, for the for the blockchain at this stage. I guess probably I'm running over time, so I'd like to take the last minute to summarize my key points. The message I'd like to deliver is, after the pandemic, the world will be fundamentally different. Many people will experience high inflation. Uh, we will witness a process of deglobalization, a world that is divided. Uh, sometimes setbacks are inevitable, but uh, luckily, we have the tool, uh, have the antidote of uh, those setbacks, the blockchain technology. Uh, but today's blockchain technology is not ready to, to fulfill the mission. We still need to improve in three aspects, uh, interoperability, tokenization, and adaptability. So as long as we can improve in those uh, three aspects, we will see a bright future and may the, fin and may the fittest blockchain survive. And we're back. Thank you so very much, Dayong Fei, for that incredible uh, presentation. Uh, we really, really appreciate uh, you joining us today. Um, and we will now be joined by Dayong Fei for a quick question and answer. Hi, Dai. How are you doing? Hi, I'm great. I'm doing good. Fantastic. All right. We actually had tons of questions come in during your presentation from our global audience from all over the world. We have time wow. for just a, a few of them, so I'll just dive right in. Um, we have yeah, one question, and I'll frame it a little bit differently than what it uh, is because it was very relevant to the presentation and this time in history. Do you believe that this pandemic um, is going to hinder the adoption um, or expand and expedite the adoption of blockchain technology? I think it will boost the adoption of uh, blockchain technology because uh, just like I said in the presentation, that we will be facing a world that is divided uh, probably into two camps. Uh, they, don't, they don't have uh, trust between each other. They don't trust their system, their uh, institution. So, but blockchain is a kind of a neutral land. It's a middle ground. So we can uh, make sure that uh, everybody understand and believe the, the, the code of smart contract and it's transparent, it's uh, ideally neutral. So I, I, I actually, I believe the pandemic will drive uh, the adoption of technology itself. Yes, I, I totally agree with you there. Um, a couple more questions. So at Consensus last year, NEO announced a $100 million NEO um, EcoBoost fund. Um, how much of that has been spent so far, and what was the biggest uh, investment so far? Uh, I don't have the, we don't have the exact number yet. Well, we are, I, I believe we just released or we're about to release our uh, annual financial report. Uh, you will find the answer there. Uh, I, if I, I, uh, I can give the number later. Um, currently, we're investing a few key projects. Uh, like I mentioned, uh, the Switcho is one of them. They're they are the uh, they're one of the uh, one of the most popular decentralized applications on top of new blockchain. And their daily active users are numbers are good. 
and they already support uh, tons of different uh, uh, token pairs, exchange pairs. And also, we, uh, we also are investing in new line, a new uh, new related uh, uh, smart con a, a new related token wallet. So you can use a new line to 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 manage all your different tokens. So these are some important projects that we are investing. And we're also investing a lot of money into infrastructure building, especially for News 3, because uh, News 3 is a, is a core protocol, but we still need a lot of uh, uh, surrounding uh, uh, tools, surrounding uh, modules to support the ecosystem of News 3. Fantastic. Great answer. And that kind of brings me to NEO3. Um, uh, very excited to, to follow the developments there. Um, we have a couple of questions regarding that. So how long until NEO3 is released? And I'll just throw the second question on top of that because it, it's a good uh, a second question. Um, NEO3 has been branded as a blockchain ready for enterprise level uh, use. Have you agreed uh, to any deals with enterprise partners for NEO3? Probably there's some secrets there, maybe. But yeah, just wondering <laughs> about the release date of NEO3 and uh, do you have any partners ready? Um, yes, we are, uh, we, we are aiming at to, re to release it to launch NEO3 uh, at Q4 this year. So we, are all, we have uh, about a uh, little, little more than six months of time. Um, regarding partnerships, we're not actually we're not uh, we're not uh, actively uh, trying to develop new partnerships. New partnerships at this stage, uh, we are more focusing on the technology itself. Uh, but um, a, uh, the the NGD New Global Development uh, Seattle office is actively uh, working or. Um, uh, talking to some enterprises, and I, I believe uh, we will have some news uh, in the coming months. Dai Hung Fei, I have tons and tons of questions, but we've run out of time. <laughs> I really appreciate your time. I know you're very, very busy with your team over there in Shanghai. Thank you so very, very much for joining us, um, and uh, we look forward to all the developments with NEO. Thank you so much for. Thank you very much. Thank you. You're I enjoyed welcome. it. Thanks for listening to the Blockdown podcast. To connect with us on social media, buy tickets for the next Blockdown event, or find out more about EAK Digital, head to the show notes for further information and links to everything. See you next week.